You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. We are back again with our first podcast of the year, first podcast of 2023, first podcast of January. Is it okay that we're doing this at the end of January 2023? Uh, No. I'm going to begin with my apologies here. I know we try so hard to get these things out in a timely fashion, and you come to expect it after a while. I know in the podcast that I listen to and enjoy, it it needs to be reliable week after week. Oh, it's Friday morning. It's time for this podcast. Or it's Wednesday. It's time for that podcast. And we haven't been doing that for you if you were listening to this right now, but uh, we have been busy here. And if you've talked, as we get into the new year, we're always talking with clients, re-examining financial plans, re-examining portfolios to make sure that we're well situated, especially after a lousy year like we had last year in 2022. We need to check, touch base, check in, see how things are going. Um, and as we begin the year, it, we are getting to the end of January and it's starting to look more and more like January is going to shape up to be a great month for investors, whether you're a bond investor, a stock investor, we're doing great. So through the, I guess, what is this? The fourth, third, fourth week of January, uh, year. So, which is, could be year to date, month to date. It's the same thing at this point, quarter to date. The S and P 500 is up more than 6%, uh, so far. The Dow Jones is up more than two and a half percent so far. The NASDAQ up more than 11% so far. I mean, we are on a roll. And just as importantly, the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index up more than 3% on the year. 3% is what we were used to getting from bonds for an entire year. We've gotten that in an entire month. Now, uh, all we need to do is multiply that by 12, and that's going to be the annual returns, right? No, not exactly. Of course, we know that we take two steps forward and one step back a lot of the time here, but we are going to enjoy this while it lasts. And if you if you read enough financial media, you're eventually going to run into, uh, I'm going to find it here, Well, you run into the, the stats that say, essentially, if you come off of a bad year it's and you have a good January, that it spells uh, good things going forward where you get a, oftentimes you get a good return for for the rest of the year. Uh, that's great, uh, but it also feels a little bit like trying to figure out if the groundhog saw its shadow. That's the kind of, um, that's the kind of, uh, type of statistic that feels like, and that's not something that we necessarily, uh, want to rely on. Um, as we look forward though, we, we do recognize that th- we are starting to shake things out and we are headed into uh, next week where we're going to hear from the Federal Reserve. But with the markets mostly higher so far this year, we're seeing fixed income move higher because yields are starting to decline. Um, commodities are mixed. Uh, the rate of existing home sales in December fell to the lowest pace since 2010 because higher borrowing costs are squelching demand. We're seeing the effects of some of this tightening that's been going on for some time. I mean, the housing market's been reeling for from years of underbuilding and economic uncertainty. You layer in higher interest rates, and that's just going to cool demand and bring 
prices down a little bit. One of the interesting things as we look forward, though, is the U.S. leading in indicators. Um, we've talked before on the podcast about leading indicators, and uh, there are leading, coincident, and lagging indicators. Maybe one of the most lagging indicators is the unemployment rate. But one thing you can take a look at is leading indicators to kind of show us where we're headed with the economy. And the index of leading economic indicators fell 1% month over month in December uh, from higher unemployment claims, weaker new orders, uh, shorter than average work weeks. And the six-month percentage change in the December LEI fell over 4%. And that's the deepest decline since the onset of the global pandemic. So the bottom line here for investors is the, the declining index of leading economic indicators sing signals imminent recession. I, I mean, we've been, this is the best telegraphed recession I think we've ever seen. Um, and when we are kind of, uh, it, it's expected at this point by everybody. And I think we'd be surprised if we didn't have it. Um, despite the fact that a good January return after a bad previous return can give you a, a really good, you know, we're talking economics and markets here now at this point. I, I think the real, the real question here are, is whether or not this information, whether it's recessionary and leading economic indicators are causing yields to point to a change in monetary policy because the spotlight is now going to shift next week from earnings, which is where we've been these last couple of weeks, to the Federal Reserve next week as they wrap up their two-day monetary policy meeting, and they're going to wrap it up on Wednesday, February 1st. If you've talked to me, you already know this, but market expectations are set for an increase of 25 basis points. That's a quarter percent if you're a real person and not, don't speak finance. Uh, and, and they're going to make that change in the Fed fund rate, which is going to shift the Fed's target range from four and a half percent and four to four and three quarters uh, up from four and a quarter to four and a half from four and a half. Um, I mean, suffice to say, the target's four and three quarters percent after that increase. Um, there isn't going to be any updated summary of economic projections that accompany the meeting. So it's going to leave us to sh sift through the policy statement and Chair Powell's post-meeting press conference for any clues on what the path of the future of the of monetary policy uh, might be here. One of the big questions, though, going into the week is going to be if this could be the last hit rate hike of the cycle, because I'm we're recording this on the 27th. Uh, Gino, if you're out there, thank you for spurring this episode on um, as, as the morning as of the morning of this morning on the 27th, as we're recording this, the Fed fund futures market is pricing an 82 percent implied probability for an additional 25 basis point or quarter percent rate hike in March. Here, we at Ford Financial Group also expects another quarter percent increase in March, and there's evidence in the treasury market that suggests the end of the cycle might be kind of close here, right? We're thinking quarter percent here in February, quarter percent in March. That gets that target rate up to five, roughly 5%. Um, and there we go. We've reached that rate that's probably been targeted by the Federal Reserve. I'll link to one of the LPL charts of the day that shows the benchmark two-year treasury yields compared to the upper bound of the Fed's target range. And what you'll see there is that two-year yields are really highly correlated to the path of monetary policy just because of their short duration. So, um, And then in the bottom panel of this, you're going to see the spread between the two-year Treasury yield and the upper bound of the Fed's target rate is there also. And the areas in both of these panels show the crossover points 
where the two-year treasury yield crossed below the upper bound during a rate hike cycle. And, and there's a red shaded panel, and that shows you the recession period there. So since early November, yields have dropped around half a percent or 50 basis points to 4.19% as of yesterday, January 26th. Lower yields have been a product of receding pricing pressures and reduced expectations for Fed tightening. So while yields violated an uptrend amid their concurrent pullback, they've also dropped below the upper bound of the Fed's target range. And this crossover occurred despite Fed commentary suggesting that there's, quote, more work to do in order to bring down inflation. So the uh, the market appears to be pricing in an into the rate cycle sooner, really, than the Federal Reserve suggests. And of the last five rate hike, rate, the last five rate hike cycles, say that quickly, crossovers below the upper bound typically occurred at or near the end of the rate hike cycle, although there was a little bit of an early signal in 1988. So what does this mean? What do the crossovers mean for markets? Well, we took a look at the price action after each crossover going back to late 1970s. Uh, I'll link to one of the table below tables that break down the forward net changes in this, but um, there are a few key takeaways here. The upper bound of the Fed's target range generally remains flat to lower over the preceding 12-month period. This trend has been especially consistent over the last five major rate hike cycles going back to 1989, as each crossover signaled a pause or start to rate cuts. There was an early signal in 1988, but also mixed results in the late 1970s and early 1980s. But on average, Two-year Treasury yields traded lower across each period with few positive net changes recording to the three, uh, six, and 12-month timeframes. And the S&P 500 has actually historically struggled after the first month following the crossover, but returns materially progressed as the index posted 12-month respective average and median gains of 15, a little bit more than 15, a little bit more than 22%. The index also finished higher 80% of the time during this time period. So let's summarize the summary here. The recent crossover of the two-year treasury yield below the upper bound of the Fed's target range suggests the Fed rate hike cycle could be near completion. It doesn't imply that the Fed will immediately start cutting rates. You got to start stop going up before you start going down. But it perhaps alleviate some fear over a prolonged high rate hike cycle here. Historically, crossovers have also been a good sign for equity markets based on the above average returns following each signal for the S&P 500. What is, so I'm summarizing the summary of the summary here. It really is starting to look like rate hikes are going to stop going up very soon. We don't know if it's going to go down, if rates are going to go down in the second half. Uh, I personally think it's unlikely. I think the Fed wants to get the U.S. economy. The, the economy is a junkie for cheap, cheap money. And we've got to break that cycle. And the Fed's interested in doing that. And they have more room to do that as long as unemployment's not going up. And so they'll keep rates at 5%. Uh, but I think we're going to start seeing rates stop going higher. And that's critical here as the market can kind of settle in now understanding what the framework is and figuring out what that means. And so all of these um, 
all of these stats that I've been throwing at you, whether we're talking about the upper bound of the Fed's target range related to two-year Treasury, it almost brings us back to that Groundhog Day kind of data point, which is you have a good January. After a bad year, uh, you get a good year. Um, it's just now we're showing our math instead of just taking on faith that usually this happens. So I'm going to leave it there. I could sit here and try and make more promises about how often or how more frequently we're going to do these podcasts. Some of it is just depends on the amount of time that we've got to do it, but I can tell you it's my intention to do it more often. If you have questions, you can email me uh, info at FordFG.com for the Ford Financial Group email address. If you don't have an advisor and you're wondering what on earth all this means for your portfolio, I would say shoot us an email or reach out to us at FordFG.com so we can take a look at what your scenario is and see how you can um, best make your investments or try to make your investments fit in with what your retirement projections are. I'll leave it there. Have fun watching the Fed. We'll all be doing it together next week. I'll talk to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.